Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our podcast, Good to Know Shreveport Bossier. We focus on all the fun, good, positive things going on around the Arklatex in the Shreveport Bossier community. My name is Jeff Meinfor. I'm your co-host today. Over here to my right is Paul Reeser. He's a member of the uh, Committee of 100 on the Board of Directors for the Committee of 100, so he's a big deal. Believe me when I tell you that. <laughs> and as yeah. always, Paul's here to introduce our special guest today. At least you didn't uh, introduce me as unemployed like you usually <laughs> do. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's so many good things going on around Shreveport and uh, North Louisiana. And one thing that I'm excited about, I just found out really all about the other day, is Volunteers of America. Now, Volunteers of America is one of the nation's largest and most comprehensive human services organization. Uh, it's known as the Church Without Walls. And they do so many good things with so many um, different groups of people. So we're excited today. We have the President, uh, President CEO, Miss Carolyn Hammond, here to tell us about it. Jeff, you're going to be blown away with this. I, I already, I'm very curious because I've already found out a few things that, uh, well, you call it a misnomer, mm -hmm. and it just led me down the the trail, and I'm like, wh which which path do I take here? We're ten minutes yes. late starting recording because you were so amazed. <laughs> was kind of, I was but Carolyn, kind of but Carolyn's here, by the way, actually. So, <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. So I'm glad us, to be here. Tell us a little bit about Volunteers of America. Sure. So. Well, I think, you know, Volunteers of America North Louisiana is what one of the best kept secrets in Shreveport and all across North Louisiana. So Volunteers of America, we've been here since 1935. We are wow. part of our national organization, which was founded in 1896. Uh, but mm. we've been in this community since 1935, and we actually started as a maternity home for women mm. in need. And we have continued to identify what our community's needs are, and mm -hmm. we build our programs around our community's needs to serve men, women, and children all across North Louisiana who have specific needs. And specifically, we have four distinct populations that we work with, and we work with children and families, okay. uh, veterans, individuals with disabilities, and seniors. And just let me throw in, because it seems overwhelming. Like, it's, how, there's so many things. How can you even begin to touch? But I know even though it's a lot of very benevolent causes that you're so compassionate about, you're also very data-driven. We are. And you make sure that you're being effective with the dollars. And you're a very large organization. So We are. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. There's yes. a lot of CEOs that listen. But this is, this is not just, I hope we do some good. You guys are Absolutely. actually making an impact. Well, before we get into all the specifics, I, I need you to kind of clarify okay. here, as we were talking before we began. You're volunteers <coughs> of America, correct? But you're not volunteers, correct? So that's, that's <laughs> definitely confusing. So sure. uh, clear it up. Well, and we actually have so volunteers of America. Actually, we have 375 staff members, wow. and so we're a pretty large organization. And our name is misleading. A lot of people mm -hmm. do believe that oh, well, they're a volunteer organization, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. they help find volunteers to help right. staff different events. Well, that's actually, while it is in our name and while volunteers are crucial to what we do, mm -hmm. um, we are paid staff that operate close to 40 different programs wow. in Shreveport and okay. North Louisiana. And we, last year, we served approximately 8,000 men, women, and children. So wow. while we do use volunteers to help um, create more opportunities for our ind the individuals we serve to be successful, we have paid staff, and so a lot mm -hmm. of people. But a lot of people believe that we are a volunteer organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, if local people around here would to to give them some context to what you everyone's probably heard of is the Cherish the Children Breakfast. Yes. So I went to that last week. 
It was amazing. There was like a thousand people at that breakfast. It was eight o'clock in the thousand. morning. Not quite a thousand. <clears throat> it had to be pushing a thousand though, wasn't it? It was about 850 people. Close Correct. <laughs> it was a full we round room. up on TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, we call that 2,000. <laughs> uh, no, but it was remarkable. It was a great yes. presentation and it was a room of you know, very influential people. Uh, obviously, they'd let anybody in, Jeff, because I was able to get in. Yeah, clearly. But uh, <laughs> it was a remarkable breakfast, and a lot of people have heard of that. So, sure. what what is the Cherish the Children event serve? Sure. Well, the Cherish the Children event is our fundraiser that we hold annually, and it is our opportunity to ask the community to support the work we do within Volunteers of America. Mm -hmm. So it's to support those 8,000 people and those 40 programs. Yeah. And so once a year, that's when we actually invite people to come mm -hmm. and invest in our work. But right. 12 months out of the year, we invite people to come and learn about Volunteers of America and learn more about what we do. We have what we have monthly tours and they're called Hope Begins Here tours. Mm -hmm. They can be found on our website, but we hold them on, typically it's the first Wednesday of every month at 11 a.m. and we feature a different program. And so it's a great opportunity if you know nothing about Volunteers of America or you're looking to get plugged in or connected some way, mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity to come for 30, 45 minutes, no longer than an hour, mm -hmm. come and learn about what we do, meet some of our board leadership, because we typically always have a board member present, and then also hear about how Volunteers of America is making a difference in a person's life. We always have a client tell their story. So you don't send volunteers to my softball game. I hey, send not. me some, <laughs> but you do help people who do want to learn how to volunteer. Absolutely. They can come, because you do have a lot of volunteers that work with you. Absolutely, and yeah. as Paul, as you heard of the Cherished Children of God breakfast last week, um, Robert Dean was our, um, he spoke at the, and ended our breakfast and he shared about volunteering. And so we are looking mm -hmm. for individuals to volunteer and give up their time to help the clients we work with. So we do a tremendous amount of work in schools, in mm -hmm. Caddo Parish schools. Mm -hmm. We have a great partnership with um, Dr. Gorey and the Caddo Parish schools. We operate in-school programs as well as after-school programs. Nice. So we always need volunteers to come and work with those students. Mm -hmm. And we, we use the term tutoring, but we don't want the word tutor to scare anyone. You don't have to be a mathematician to come and tutor. Okay. Sometimes it can just come and do flashcards with a student. Sometimes it's sitting and reading with a student or having a student read to you. Some days it's just how is your day going? And just letting that child talk and feel connection. I have to admit, I, 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 I'm un, not familiar with your organization. Sounds like terrific work you guys do, but um, it also seems like your name might be a little confusing <laughs> to people that, like me that, that sure. aren't aware of your organization. Sure. So would it, would it be helpful if uh, you were to change the name a little bit? Uh, <laughs> well, we're probably not going to change our name. Uh, okay. After 125 years, yeah. we're probably not going to change That's the name. That's not quite enough. I mm -hmm. think you need another 125. <laughs> uh, but no, I was just curious. I just, yes. we, uh, could, we could go into any one of these topics forever. I got so excited at this breakfast. So Robert Dean's my accountant. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got in. He set me at a table ah, up front. Okay, somebody that's uh, really influential. <laughs> somebody that actually can get in easy. <laughs> um, but so he's an accountant. He's an old guy like me, 50 something. Uh, but for years <laughs> and years, I mean, not old like you, You're but he's, a baby. he's old yeah. guy. But so explain that tutoring thing. Like a guy that's a that's a accountant, mm -hmm. very busy guy, but, mm -hmm. but one night a week or something like that. Whatever, so, he's committed to going and tutor these sure. kids. These are like at-risk kids or who are these kids? Well, let me let me start and with your tutoring, last question. He said yeah. he was an accountant, but 
he wouldn't trust himself to tutor above sure. fourth grade. Sure. Well, and and <laughs> let me, made speak me nervous. about <laughs> speak about the especially if he's your CPA, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, well, and you know, the, let me talk a little bit about the students that we work with. So we, when we partnered with um, Dr. Gorey and Caddo Parish Schools, and we've been doing after school work for you know for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And initially, it was really focusing on students that may not have access to all the opportunities that maybe our children have access mm -hmm. to. And so we really wanted to focus on children who needed a little extra help in the after school hours. Mm -hmm. And with our new program, that which Robert spoke about, our Communities and Schools program. Communities and Schools is a national organization that we are now officially their first licensed partner to implement their model of what's called integrated student supports. Mm -hmm. So we work with students during the school day who are struggling and who are at risk of potentially dropping out if they don't get interventions. Mm -hmm. And so when we partnered, we looked at really focusing on those transformation zone schools, those schools that had been mm -hmm. low performing and needed some interventions. So that's really, we're in those schools. Mm -hmm. But to, to Robert, what Robert's speaking of particularly is HMV, Herd McElroy and Vestal, they actually developed a model that we're taking and we're asking other businesses to consider implementing. And he allows his colleagues to go one hour a week to a school during a defined time that's determined by the school and the, the business to go and tutor. And it's not even a wow. full hour, actually. Mm -hmm. It's usually about 45, 50 minutes mm -hmm. that they go sit with a student. And what HMV has done to, even, to really make sure this works is they take one child and then they have two employees assigned to that child. So maybe you can't go this Tuesday, but you can go this Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that student always has an adult wow. showing up. And we all know the consistency in a student's life is important. And so what their model is really what we want to take to scale and share with other businesses. I'm curious how uh, classroom teachers respond to this. I would think that they would like it. They do. And it really gives what it allows is typically we're seeing students who are behind grade level. They're the lowest performing mm -hmm. students who really mm -hmm. do need some extra supports. So it allows us to work with that student uh, uh, pull them out for a you know a, it's only a small part portion of that yeah. um, teacher's day, but pull them out, but work it, with but them, it's helpful. and helps them absolutely. Yeah. And you know we we've seen great response from the principals. The principals really mm -hmm. enjoy it. But I will tell you, if you ask any of our volunteers that do this, they'll yep. tell you I get so much more out of it than mm -hmm. the students get. Yeah, for sure. So how do how do people uh, normally? Paul will ask this question, mm -hmm. but I'm curious. It's how do bad. people? Um, avail your, themselves of your services? How do they get in uh, contact with you? Sure, for the clients, how do they get? Yeah. So we have a lot of um, eligibility requirements for our different programs. So again, we, we do operate about 40 different programs. We are very fortunate that we do receive a ton of support from the federal government to operate okay. our programs, but it, but you know, we have to fundraise the, what it, what the federal government doesn't cover. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those programs, so I'll take our veterans, for example, mm -hmm. you, the VA, we work with the VA and they have to be referred to us from the Veterans Administration to qualify for our programs. Okay. Um, so there are some eligibility guidelines, but typically if someone is looking for assistance, we ask them just to call our office um, mm -hmm. and ask, you know, mm -hmm. just call our office and if we can't help them, we will try to refer them to an organization that can assist them. So when they mm -hmm. call, do you, is there certain procedures, screenings that you go through? We do, absolutely, okay. to de determine if they're eligible for our programs, okay. absolutely. All right. All right. I mean, what, what kind of 
eligibility are you looking for? I mean, what, who, who is going to call? What, what veteran is going to call up your organization and look for assistance? Well, so we have a program. So a perfect example is we have a program. It's called the um, Supportive Services for Veteran Families. So that is for a veteran who is either has received eviction notices and mm. is about to be evicted from their apartment, mm -hmm. or they are homeless, and we can help either keep them in their existing home or get them rehoused quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's what we would help nice. a veteran with. Um, we have a, a program. It's called Safe Haven, and it's a low barrier shelter for veterans to come to. So they mm -hmm. are able to get off the street and get some assistance and work and our staff really build relationship with those veterans to get them to a point where maybe they're ready to go into a more structured program and so we've got those programs um, and we have a transitional living program um, mm -hmm. for our veterans they now those individuals are homeless but they are referred to us from the Veterans Administration but we mm -hmm. you know, we do more than veterans and children and families right. we yeah. also work with seniors and, and one thing I haven't shared, at the core of everything we do is housing, making sure individuals have housing, okay. mm -hmm. um, and then provide the, the wraparound supports that they need to stay in their housing and be successful. Mm -hmm. And then also behavioral health. And, and Paul, you might've heard this last week, I, I believe we're in the midst of a you know nationwide mental health crisis. We have a lot going on and a lot of it is addressed unaddressed mental health needs and mm -hmm. so we do a lot around behavioral health with both adults and children and so we are working to layer services for individuals that find their way to us to get them into behavioral health services and address those unmet behavioral health needs what's a disqualifier if someone seeks out your services and you do your you know, your well, program to sure. see if they're a good client for you or not, yeah. what would disqualify them? Well, uh, the very first thing would be a waiting list because, you know, well, our waiting yeah. list does grow. And so our housing waiting list is yeah. unfortunately very long. People are in need of affordable housing. And mm -hmm. so that would be, it wouldn't be a disqualifier, but it would put them on a waiting list. Yeah. Um, some of our programs, there are income qualifications um, for, you know, of course, for our veteran services, you have to be a veteran. Um, for some of our housing programs, you do have to have a mental health diagnosis. So it, it really is very, very program specific what would disqualify someone from being eligible. Okay. Well, you had a young lady speak at the, mm -hmm. so, you know, the, the mental health mm -hmm. and and just, just what an amazing success yeah. story. So can yeah. you talk just a little bit about that young lady? And sure, sure. So Jayshana, she actually came to us. We have behavioral health programs in DeSoto Parish, and she was actually at Logan Sport High School. Mm -hmm. And there she met a couple of our clinical staff, and they were able to, what basically Jayshana was struggling a lot with trying to remain perfect and be successful. Mm. And um, mm -hmm. what happened during this process is really we, learned that she had some you know anxiety which led to some further problems with her um, and just some behavioral health needs which then eventually led to you know she really struggled with depression mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. even had some suicidal thoughts and so mm -hmm. we were able to intervene and provide her with some um, uh, you know coping mechanisms as well as getting her connected to med medical you know so she could mm -hmm. take the appropriate medication to manage her mental health disease mm -hmm. and she has been very successful and one of the things I love about her is she wants to break down that stereotype to, you know, for her, she felt like she couldn't tell anyone that she had a mental health problem or she couldn't keep it all together herself. Mm -hmm. And she wants to break down the stereotype that it's okay to ask for help 
and to need help. Good for her. Clearly there is a problem. You mentioned mm -hmm. uh, you thought it was a nationwide mental health problem. I do. I mean, you can just look at all the things going on sure. on a daily basis with mass shootings. And Absolutely. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. how, how do, do when people come to you, you see that they're struggling with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you do you reach out to law enforcement, or is there you not you shy away from that? Well, we don't believe you that we necessarily. Them, well, that that's a, I guess the way to answer that question is. We believe that we have the staff with the proper training that mm -hmm. can intervene where law enforcement doesn't have to be contacted. Okay. I can't say that a hundred of the time law enforcement would get involved, mm -hmm. but because we have clinical staff on our team, yeah. they're able to assess the problem and get the appropriate help that a person might need and hopefully keep someone out of right, jail right, or even keep someone right. out of the hospital. No, I was just curious and, if yeah. you like got alarmed on, on the front end or something. I mean, obviously at the end of the day, we have to protect our staff and our other clients, mm -hmm. um, but you know, our number one goal is the, the safety of our clients and get them the interventions that they need without having to involve law enforcement or having to go to the hospital. All right, well, and we good. and I will share and, and you mentioned at the very beginning we are very data driven. Mm -hmm. We believe that's one of the things that sets us apart. We don't you know we don't just report goals. We don't just rattle off mm -hmm. just un um, I guess you know we really report outcomes, how mm -hmm. we are making a difference in an individual's life, not just an output. And so with that, we, um, we're very proud of the fact that with our behavioral health program, you know, we keep people out of the hospital and that's immense savings to the state of Louisiana. If mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. aren't going to the sure. hospital, we're saving money. So mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. very proud of the interventions that we're able to provide clients with mental health. And, and of course, obviously our veterans and our senior services as well. So we are very proud of, of the outcomes that we have and mm -hmm. reporting on those and sharing those with the community to let people know this is what, this is who Volunteers of America is and this is what Volunteers of America does. Nice, mm -hmm. is there a couple of stories, success stories that pop uh, to the top and that, that you wanna share or that, sure, that you're you know, proud of? Uh, yeah. Sure, I, I, you know, I'm happy to share, and I, I shared this last week, um, DeMarcus, who is a high school senior at Booker T. Washington. We recently met DeMarcus. He actually came to an event um, where we were featuring our communities and schools, our CIS program. And when DeMarcus was a freshman at BTW, well, actually DeMarcus lost his mom when he was five years old. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he, he had to deal with losing a parent, someone that really kept him in a line. You know, right. imagine losing your mother at such a young age. And so he really had to work through that. And as a high school freshman, he got in trouble a lot. He <laughs> skipped school a lot. He was fighting a lot. And so he found himself in trouble quite a bit. Um, but thankfully, um, he met our CIS site coordinator and Miss Wynn, and they were able to really build a relationship. And, and what we say about CIS, but really all of our programs, it's about relationships. It's all, a, sure. we are a relational type program mm, yeah. and organization. We know building relationships and is that's the way to build trust and then address all the things that people are dealing with. And so through that relationship, he was really able to turn a path and he is now president of the Boys to Men Club, which oh, is nice. a mentoring organization yeah. to other young men at his camp on his school. And mm -hmm. he's set to graduate next month. <laughs> so we're really proud of DeMarcus. Oh, and I, you know, there's, there's hundreds of kids like DeMarcus no, that we You're really pulling a lot of kids, you, you say, this young man and this is that, but these these are some some kids in some rough situations that you're dealing with. So mm -hmm. how how did this CIS 
person, you said, do they locate it at the schools? Are they work with the schools? How, how do they identify an at-risk sure. child and how do they approach them? Because, yeah. you know, there's got to be, like you said, the trust issue. When you mm -hmm. just walk up and say, I'm going tr to help you, DeMarcus, he's like, oh, sure you are. Yeah. So CIS is, um, it is a program that is housed on, on campus. So we, the goal of communities and schools is to blend in with the, the staff, the, um, the school staff. And so they, they report to work there, they are in a classroom, and we work with the administration to determine students that are a best fit for communities and schools. And those are typically kids that are, they have, they basically, not to get into all the weeds, but they sure. have um, areas, they're struggling in areas, what we call the ABCs, attendance, behavior, and course performance. They're not coming to school. If they are coming to school, they're always in trouble. Yeah. Therefore, their grades are, they're performing pretty, pretty lowly in their grades. So we work with those administration, teachers, counselors to identify who those groups of students are. We reach out to the parents to ask permission to work with their with their child, mm -hmm. and then we just build relationships with those students. And it's it's different on every campus. It looks yeah. You know, we try to find the right person for that campus and the culture and climate of that campus. Mm -hmm. But typically, we find a lot of times kids are asking to be put on the CIS right, caseload sure. because they're they get to have a lot of fun. We get to take them on field trips. We get to expose them to different opportunities. Mm -hmm. oh, and nice. so kids want to know, well, what it, what is that room? How do I go to that, yeah, room? Um, that room? When they see tutors show up, they want to say, hey, when, when do I get to get tutored? Yeah. So we do see a lot of um, a lot of interest in our communities and schools mm -hmm. program. But again, there's a waiting list. We can serve approximately 50 kids to one site coordinator. Some of our larger campuses, we do have two site coordinators on the campus. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a way, you know, there's, while we are serving 50 kids, there's 50 more kids that could take their place today. Sure, sure. sure. And you said you have to have the parents' permission to Correct. work with their kid. We do. Did, did, did it, I'm just, do any parents ever say no? You can't. Um, we have, but I would say you know, ninety-eight percent of the time, um, we we do not meet a lot of resistance. That was probably they, that's they probably don't understand. The, exactly, I think a lot of time it's it's they don't quite understand what um, it is. And again, kind of going back to Jay Shauna, and maybe people think, oh, it's counseling, and mm -hmm. that stereotype that sometimes comes with counseling and mm -hmm. um, behavioral health. They think, oh, I don't want my child to have that. Um, but, you know, I would say if we have the opportunity to sit down and really visit with a parent, very rarely are they, what parent yeah. doesn't want their child yeah, to sure. have some extra support? No, that would So it's a misunderstanding usually. Yeah. No, I don't. My, my wife's a, a first grade teacher. Okay. Not, not here, but yeah. in Atlanta. Long story. <laughs> but um, she is constantly uh, concerned about mm -hmm. uh, kids that are falling behind. Mm -hmm. And you got to serve the kids that are falling behind and the kids that are moving ahead sure. and how to strike that balance. So this would be like, to me, this sounds like a terrific uh, mechanism to help yeah. that situation yeah. out, right? You know, and I, I feel like teachers get a really bad rap um, and they teachers do. are doing the best they can do. Yeah. Um, but to your point, when mm -hmm. you have 27 kids in a classroom mm -hmm. on possibly 27 different levels, right. mm -hmm. that's a lot for a teacher to mm -hmm. have to manage. And so what we, we, we are not the place of a teacher. We are not academics. No. We cannot teach. But, we, but we, we don't pretend that we can teach. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is help that teacher with some of the other things that exactly. those students are struggling with. And really, CIS is removing those barriers for academic mm -hmm. success. So if a student comes in disrupting the class because they haven't had breakfast, send them to our room and we'll give them a granola bar and let mm. them have a breakfast and then go back to class. Mm -hmm. If it's because they need 
some they're just having a difficult time managing their behaviors let mm -hmm. us talk with them and work with them on how some calming techniques we one of our site coordinators does yoga and mm -hmm. you know she can actually teach yeah. breathing techniques cool. so i mean there's just a variety of ways that kids don't need to be sent necessarily to the principal's office mm -hmm. but we mm -hmm. can help them work through whatever is happening right that moment and then get them back into the classroom nice. ready to learn. So you're set up in a separate room in, the, in all we of are. these schools? We are, correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's got to take a lot of coordinating yeah. just to get that all it does. worked out. It does, but you know, we, again, I can't say enough about our relationship with Caddo Pair Schools. We're, we're so fortunate um, to them mm -hmm. um, and they're our partners and our, you know, our principals, they want us there, they appreciate us being there, so we're very fortunate. Nice. Well, I think not only do we need to get away from the stigma of <laughs> yeah. mental health yeah. um, among the population, you know, the kids, they don't mm -hmm. want to talk about it, but also when you're trying to help these schools, um, it's hard for people to emphasize, empathize, empathize with the conditions these kids are in. It's like, well, that kid's just acting up. Well, if they're hungry, mm -hmm. that's huge. Right. And I know my wife would leave a note if she left for 10 minutes, you feed him this and this and that. we're gonna get pizza, but yeah. <laughs> they're gonna get something when sure. they're, even when they're with me. But some of these kids come to school hungry and Absolutely. they have no coping mechanisms. And there is a Absolutely. lot of things in their life that are traumatized and scared. And, and these coping things you're teaching them are life-changing. And the young lady that got up, I can't remember her name again, but Jay she Shana. Got, Jay Shana. Mm -hmm. she was remarkable. And she talked about those coping techniques and how she had to use yes. those. She would escape that, you know. So anyway, it's remarkable that work. If, if a person also wants to volunteer, because you don't come volunteer, but you accept volunteers. Correct. I don't really want to maybe uh, tutor kids mm -hmm. one hour a week. What are some other things that, that I could do or a person could do that, that uh, sure. if they wanted to come volunteer? Sure, so we have all walks of life and everybody, want, you know, we work really hard to figure out what is it someone is comfortable with and find a good fit for them. So we have the people on the front end that actually wanna work with clients. So it doesn't have to be children and families. It could be coming, we have a group that comes and plays bingo and bowls and does different activities with our mm -hmm. seniors that live at South Point Place. Mm -hmm. um, we have individuals who bring meals to our veterans home and provide a meal for our mm -hmm. veterans home. Uh, we have individuals who want to be behind the scenes. They don't necessarily wanna do anything directly with a client and maybe they do a um, hygiene product um, you know uh, drive mm -hmm. or maybe they collect socks or maybe they um, do something that will benefit you know the the client so mm -hmm. we you know we have a wonderful engagement coordinator and if someone says hey I want to volunteer but I just don't know how mm -hmm. Abigail will walk them through the process and brainstorm with them to figure out where's a good spot for them mm -hmm. to fit in nice. we've got a great you know we can find a way to get someone <laughs> plugged in regardless of yeah. what their comfort level is well speaking of that do you ever um, moving away from the kids but uh, like the veterans you, mm -hmm. you mentioned or even the seniors mm -hmm. um, did, did, did they uh, sometimes say we we don't want help leave us alone I mean I'm curious sure there are yes there are people that just want to be there and, and do what they need mm -hmm. to do and and move on um, I w and some people you know some people don't necessarily want to join the fun activities and that's fine we mm -hmm. we do believe in, in choice and this is mm -hmm. your this is where you are um, but we want to allow you to kind of if you're comfortable doing this great if that's not your comfort level then that's great mm -hmm. but I will I will 
say at our at our senior facility, they're all going to come. They yeah. all enjoy. All right. They enjoy the <laughs> yeah. fellowship. They enjoy the laughter. Good. They enjoy being with each other and, and mm -hmm. inter engaging and in fun activities. And so, I, you know, we don't. I don't think we see that very often. Mm -hmm. But there are some people that do kind of want to just keep to themselves, and, mm -hmm. and we respect that. That's your decision. Okay, I'm just yeah. I was just curious because uh, you see stories a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. I, I was just thinking of like the homeless folks and people. Well, people yeah. try to approach them and help them, and sure. they just say, you know, no. We me alone. And sure. I, yes. I don't know how often that would happen. Well, and, and I guess what I'm speaking of is typically if they're in our programs, they're they're willing to work the program, mm -hmm. but maybe they don't want to engage in the activities and the things that we offer. Um, and very, you know, and we do have a homeless street outreach program, and they go for veterans, and they go and engage people, and so. Again, it's relationship building, so yeah. maybe you're not ready to come today, right. but I met you, this is mm -hmm. who I am. When you're ready, we're here. And so, you know, sometimes it takes just that constant seeing that person, they keep mm -hmm. coming back, they keep asking me how I'm doing, yeah. maybe now I'm ready to go. Gotcha. Building the relationship and it's the trust over time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's Volunteers of North Louisiana, Volunteers of America North, North Louisiana. Louisiana, so how? How far across North Louisiana do you go? So we are from the Texas state line to the Mississippi state line, and then we are down to right, right above Alexandria. So we so serve. So you have a, one of these breakfasts in Monroe and we don't. We don't actually. Just our presence is really in Shreveport, Bossier, and DeSoto Parish. Um, we are. You know, we cover, we have the opportunity to cover all of North Louisiana. Mm -hmm. We do serve some veterans from the Monroe area, but they are coming over to us. We are, you know, we're not necessarily going to them, they're coming to us. Right. And so we work with people from all over. We, you know, I would say maybe a five to 10 year plan, we would look to maybe take some of our programs that have been successful here. What could they work in Monroe? What would they look like in Monroe? So mm -hmm. we are, um, it is definitely on our five to 10 year plan of what could it look like to expand over to the eastern part of the state. We're down to our final 30 seconds. So okay. if people want to get involved with your organization, yes. tell, tell us how they can do sure, it. Sure, they can visit our website, www.voanorthla.org, or they can just call us, 318-218. Oh, give me my cell phone, 318-221-2669. <laughs> well, you can do that again. <laughs> 318-221-2669 and follow us on social media. We're on every social media platform and that's a great way to learn about opportunities, ways to get plugged in. All right, say that uh, website one more time. www.voanorthla.org. Okay, northla.org. Correct. Got it. All right, well, thank you for being thank here you. today. Thank yeah, you so you much. Really tremendous nice. amount of work yeah. you guys do. Thank you, I appreciate y'all letting us share about it. You got it, very impressive. All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of uh, good to know Shreveport Bossier. We appreciate you being with us. And as always, these things are good to know. Have a good one, everybody.